VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This victory episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, you guys heard the Bear Up and Bear Down show yesterday. Um, you know my feelings and thoughts on some of the performances that took place. And now it's time for knee-jerk reactions and to kind of do a little bit more of a deeper analysis uh, on the game. What went right? What went wrong? Did we deserve this game? Did we win it or did the Lions lose it? All of that and so much more. It's the week one preview, re- excuse me, the week one review episode. First one of 2020 on the Bearstock Underground. So let's get to it. though we didn't know what to expect i don't think any of us were expecting what happened on sunday when our beloved traveled up to detroit and took on the lions at ford field to kick off the 2020 season and for the first time since 2013 the mark tressman era for pete's sake the bears start the year one and oh what's going on everybody hilarity back for the week one review episode of the bears talk underground just want to give a quick tip of the cap to the intro song for this week uh it's a one-time deal because uh, we're not supposed to use copyrighted music but uh, i've kind of had a uh, brief love affair with this song it's called for whom the bell tolls by metallica if you don't know shame on you but anyway um i i i work from home so i sit here on the couch while i you know do my job and i surf youtube all day long and you know other stuff to just kind of play in the background as i'm as I'm working, it's nothing that's going to grab my attention too much. Just something to kind of be uh, background noise, and you know, so I'm not sitting in silence on the couch or anything. And you know, you guys know I'm a huge Kiss fan, and Kiss and Metallica couldn't be any more different. But that's just my spectrum uh, of music. Sometimes I like the the the, the more fun kind of uh, you know party vibe that Kiss puts out there. And every now and then, I just want to bang my head up against the wall, uh, like Metallica makes me want to do sometimes. So. Uh, I found a bunch of live versions of From Whom the Bell Tolls for over their 
their career and i just thought what the hell uh just because it's kind of like my song right now gonna use it on the show seems like a good intro so there it is enjoy and i know one of my guys uh uh, Malcolm Fell out there overseas. I know he's a huge Metallica guy, so he's probably appreciating the hell out of that. But um, anyway, on to the business at hand. Um, like I said, we didn't know what to expect going into this thing. Uh, with I mean, number one, no preseason. We've we've had no glimpses, no looks, no nothing uh, at this team. So we really didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I was half thinking of a nightmare scenario where half the starting lineup goes up by you know goes up goes down by injury uh in the first half just because these guys are literally having to go from zero to 60 uh you know playing live action games against guys that are going live uh, against them there's no pulling up there's no nothing you're going full speed full bore on every play when you haven't played a real football game since december of last year and every live contact drill you've done in the preseason hasn't had the same level of aggression i would think that a live game situation would so i was thinking you know some guys flying in there wild some bad form tackling and and things like that you might see a lot more uh injuries uh the lions had some nothing catastrophic they had a few guys go down uh the only real injury the bears had were, were the guys that ended up not playing like robert quinn uh was doubtful going into the game he was inactive uh, on Sunday for the Bears, he has not made his uh, Chicago debut uh, just yet. And as we hear in the knee-jerk reactions, we missed him uh, for sure. But um, you know, the Bears came out unscathed. Nobody, no new injuries for this game. Knock on wood. That's a trend that continues because that was a big key to our success in 2018 and one of our big downfalls uh, a year ago. So uh, it was definitely a f- a flawed performance but a huge uh, resurgence in the fourth quarter from everybody, not just the guy that I'm going to be giving a a hard time for the majority of this uh, review, but uh, from everyone. Everyone stepped it up in the the fourth quarter and got the job done and got out of there with the victory. Now, I said in the open, did the Bears win it or did the Lions lose it? And the answer is yes. (laughs) pretty much that's what it is the bears won by you know by sticking with it by you know keep getting after it because the lions really only made one mistake in the fourth quarter and that was matt stafford trying to squeeze the squeeze the football into a tight window that ended up being you know um deflected and intercepted uh, by the bears that set up the game winning touchdown outside of that the lions didn't really do anything to lose the football game in my opinion now, unfortunately, I only got to watch the game once. I had plans on recording the game, watching it again today while I was working to get prepared uh, for tonight's review show. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, my hometown of Cedar Rapids decided that um, they were going to air the Packers and the Vikings instead on Fox. So I had to go out to watch the game, which means I only get one shot at it and uh that's what all the background noise is going to be when you hear the knee-jerk reactions here in a minute. I uh, want to apologize for the quality. Uh, the, the, you can hear me just fine. It's just that I'm, because it's loud, I'm speaking like centimeters away from my phone because I also forgot my mini recorder uh, at home. So I'm recording this on the voice memo app on my phone, and I'm speaking so closely you can hear all the uh, sounds 
when I'm uh, when I'm talking. So I will get that fixed next week. Hopefully Fox won't jerk me around next week and they'll play the Bears. This is a Chicago market out here uh, in Cedar Rapids, believe it or not. So I won't have to go traveling to see my guys play next week against the Giants uh, and any of that nonsense. But, um, you know, that's what the background noise is and, and all that. So it was uh, it was already an irritating start to my Sunday because I was very much looking forward to putting my feet up, watching the game and hopefully enjoying a Bears victory uh, against the Lions. God only knows that with the schedules that we've had for the last several years, that this particular schedule lent itself very well to the Bears getting off to a fast start uh, this year. Now, granted, we were three and one the last two years, but we both we started both years zero and one. So this year, we finally started off with a victory against the Lions. We got the Giants, who put up a valiant effort against the Steelers uh, tonight, but ultimately fell short, as most would expect they would, coming into Chicago uh, next week. Another team, fourth overall draft pick this year, which means they were not a good football team last year. It's a team that the Bears beat last year uh, as well. So looks like 2-0 and is a very real possibility, already listed as, I think, five-and-a-half, six-point favorites uh, for Sunday's game uh, against the, uh, the Giants. Got the Falcons a week after that uh, in Atlanta. But, uh, you know, the Falcons – put up a fight with Seattle but ultimately I mean the Seattle's a good football team so that doesn't really mean much but like I've been saying all along which Seattle team's going to show up week three the one and seven starter the six and two uh finish and then you know week four against the Colts who lost on the road yesterday to Jacksonville so it very well could be you could talk yourself into four and oh if we play the way that we did yesterday for the first three quarters there's no way that's going to happen uh, but if we can be more consistent like we were in the fourth quarter, not saying that we have to score on every drive like we did uh, in the fourth quarter, well, almost all of them, but you know, to generate 21 points in the fourth quarter, that's an anomaly. That's not going to happen week in and week out. We can't allow ourselves to be in that position each and every uh, week. No matter who we're playing, it's a recipe uh, for disaster. Yesterday we just so happened to be playing the one team in the Lions that specializes in fourth quarter collapses. Uh, I heard today a stat that says this is the 11th fourth quarter collapse in the Matt Patricia era. Now, including yesterday's game, that's two seasons plus one game of the third season. So he's coached the Lions for 33 games and had 11 fourth quarter collapses, including this is the second one to the Bears because we had a fourth quarter comeback last year on Thanksgiving. Uh, against these guys but that's one third of his games as head coach of the lions he had a lead in the fourth quarter that they gave away um yeah so patricia might as well just start packing his bags now because uh, a few more performances like that one and um yeah they might be as like i don't know who their offensive coordinator defensive coordinators are i don't think we went over that with jeremy last week but uh one of those guys might be the interim coach by midseason if uh, Patricia keeps this up, man, because that was uh, that was bad. That was bad. So, um, but anyway, let's uh, let's get into it, guys. Uh, first quarter knee jerk reaction. It uh, you know it uh, honestly, and and you guys know this. I've talked about it a lot. Uh, talked about it during the off season. Talked about it in the the last couple of weeks leading up to Week One when we were talking to all of our NFC North brethren as far as my long absence uh 
uh, over the summer and, and, you know, number one, 2019 kind of, you know, sucking the wind out of my sails on that one. Just didn't feel as, you know, gung ho about talking about this team after the season that we put up in uh, in 2019. Now, you know, it was kind of a mixed bags with the offseason moves. It's like one great move seemed to be offset by another curious signing that uh, Pace made and uh, and all the rest of that. And, and then COVID obviously comes in and, and becomes a part of the uh, situation and, you know, not really giving a lot of faith that there's going to be football. Uh, I was excited about the season, not so much excited about the team. Without the preseason to kind of juice me up a little bit to get me somewhat excited or, or get me from glass half empty to glass half full uh we didn't have that luxury uh this year so like i said at the beginning we didn't know what to expect and i didn't know what to expect uh, i know what i was hoping for i was hoping for a guy that uh, i thought it would be the best situation for him would be instead of signing somebody and just pushing him aside to, to be our backup this year and then off you go uh next year we bring somebody for him to compete with, somebody that's going to uh, challenge him and be a real threat to him not being the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And if not, uh, we'll have a guy that, uh, that we have faith in. And in this case, it was Nick Foles. I was thinking more of an Andy Dalton. I didn't want – because I didn't want to give up trade capital. Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad we got Foles, but I didn't want to have to give up draft capital considering this was another year uh, where we were low on draft picks. But I was thinking more of an Andy Dalton uh, kind of situation that we either get Andy Dalton as our starting quarterback or we get a motivated Mitch Trubisky who has earned the starting job again. And um, that's what I was hoping to see. I was hoping to see the winner of the quarterback competition. And uh, in the first quarter, I was not seeing that. And uh, I was not happy about it. Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Lions. And it's been a mixed bag so far. Everyone's uh, obviously going into this wondering about the offense. And it's a mixed bag, like I said before. I'm, I'm frustrated with Mitch. He's not seeing the field. He's not being decisive. He's not taking what the defense is giving him. It's like he's trying to win the quarterback job with every throw. Like his his arm looks great, like he's lasering it in there, but he's off target. He's inaccurate. We would have had a couple of more first downs than we got if he had made some better throws. Uh, Jimmy Graham dropped a first down that we should have had. But the on the flip side, I like what I'm seeing from the offensive line is in in, the, in relation to the run game. Uh, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Cordero Patterson all running the ball, all getting positive yardage, and it f- looks like we're spending we're like we're more times than not the play is taking place on the Lions side of the line of scrimmage instead of our running backs trying to navigate and dodge their offensive linemen being pushed into them. So that has been encouraging to watch. Like I said, the uh, 
passing game has been frustrating to watch because Mitch looks great on one play, and then he looks like 2019 Mitch on the next one. He can't decide where he wants to go. He's hanging on to it too long. He should be running when he's, you know, when he's looking downfield trying to make something happen when, like I said, he's just not taking what the defense is giving him. He's got nothing but green grass ahead of him, but he's trying to throw a 40-yard touchdown pass. So, and the defense, they had uh, the, it was a combination of a, a bogus, uh, a unsportsmanlike conduct call on Kyle Fuller. He did not cheap shot Hawkinson on that one play, and uh, a big run from Adrian Peterson got the Lions in field goal range, and uh, the Bears on that last drive were able to uh, get a field goal of their own. So that's where we sit at the end of one. It's tied three three. Uh, the Lions have the football going for it on third and one. Let's see what happens. So lots to unpack there. You know, as I said before, not knowing what to expect, just knowing what I was hoping to see. And as I said, hoping to see the winner of the quarterback competition come in and take control of the offense. Fully acknowledging that, you know, everybody, including the winner of our quarterback competition, hasn't played real football against a real defense since December uh, of last year. Uh, no preseason games, no real warm-ups of, of any kind. You know, scrimmages against your own guys, it's not the same. Uh, going to see somebody with intent to harm uh, and, and, uh, and everything is, is a completely different bag from what these guys have been uh, subjected to thanks to COVID uh, getting ready for this season. So seeing guys come out of the gate not looking as sharp as you'd like them to, you give a little bit of leniency to it considering what these guys had to do to get ready for the year. It's been an incredibly difficult situation that these guys have been forced into. You know, if you want to play football this year, this is what you're going to have to subject yourself to, and this is what you're going to have at your disposal to get ready for this season and when we get ready we expect you to perform as you would uh any other regular season uh you know with with all of the other things that we weren't allowed to do uh this year so virtual workouts and things like that uh, are never going to take the place of being there and, and being with your teammates and, and uh you know having those those preseason uh matchups and and things like that i was expecting yesterday to see a lot more like special teams breakdowns uh, yesterday, I don't think there were any kickoff or punt returns for touchdowns uh, yesterday. I don't think I saw any block punts. We saw a few, you know, missed extra points. Maybe well, I mean, we saw a missed field goal in, in the Lions game later on. But um, you know, I was very surprised at the 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 lack of miscues on special teams that I was expecting to see because it was most you know most of your special teams units are filled with second, third string guys and, and those guys that um, made the roster as special teams players through their play in the preseason. So uh, I was very surprised we didn't see more miscues as a, in an, as a whole in the league yesterday. Um, also very pleasantly surprised we didn't see a just absolute rash of injuries that, that I was thinking worst case scenario uh, about. But, you know, back to, to Mitch, when I said he, he looked great on one throw and then like 2019 Mitch on the other throw, basically what I meant to say was he looks like 2019 Mitch because that's what we got last year. Every now and then we would see the second overall pick in the draft and then we would see a guy that wouldn't have made you know an Arena League team on the following throw. Uh, 
and it's just that's the 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 schizophrenia that is Mitch Trubisky. Uh, we weren't seeing any of the things that we were basically told he did to win the job. I think I touch upon that more here in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction. And as you'll hear, um, I'm done. I am absolutely done. Uh, for those of you that follow me on the social media, at BTU Larry on, uh, on Twitter, uh, just hit me up on, on Twitter as well. Uh, you can also find me on, on Facebook. Uh, just go to the Chicago, or excuse me, the Bearstock Underground. I always want to say Chicago Bears Review. I said it for 12 years. Uh, Bearstock Underground Facebook page. And I posted that I do knee-jerk reactions on the show, but I'm not a knee-jerk reaction kind of guy. You know, I don't, uh, more times than not, I don't make definitive statements when I'm in an emotional state like I usually am when I'm watching uh, a Bears game. But I'm done. I don't want to see 10 out there anymore i want to see nick Foles. we've seen this we've seen it over and over we banged our head against the walls watching it watching it happen last year with no real other option at quarterback i mean there were being there were serious discussions by analysts last year being had about putting tyler bray in there because chase daniel had his shot he's you know he's the serviceable backup but he's not a guy that's going to win you football games he might be able to come in and win you a game but have put have him be the long-term solution no so uh, we already know we got in chase daniel let's see what we got in tyler bray those were discussions that were being had because of how mitch was performing last year and, and now we have nick Foles, who is head and shoulders better than any other backup quarterback we've ever had and there he is sitting on the bench he was hamstrung from the beginning of this competition and was basically being set up to lose because he couldn't come in and establish a relationship with the receivers, couldn't come in and, and get a deeper understanding of the offense and what Nagy and company want from him and so on and so forth. So, of course, Mitch was going to win pretty much from the outset, not because people wanted him to win, but just because he had a better situation and was, uh, you know, was more prepared, unfortunately, than, than Nick got a chance to be. And uh, but even so, after two quarters, I was done. I wanted to see number nine uh, get out there and see what we can do because we know how the story ends with Mitch at quarterback. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter: the Bears and the Lions, and it didn't get any better in the second quarter. Mitch is still wild and inaccurate. He's not seeing the field. He's not stepping into his throws. I mean, it's like every throw the guy makes is off his back foot or he's leaning back and, and everything. He's not stepping into his throws. I'm not seeing the improved footwork and accuracy that Nagy said won him the job. You know, as a matter of fact, Mitch is 8 for 20 in the first half, and I'm already done. I want to see Nick Foles. I do. I just I don't, I don't want to see Mitch out there anymore. It's still a close game. Um and our defense seems to be wearing. I mean, I don't know if it was a, um, you know, it's something that can be an adjustment at halftime. Maybe the Lions are doing something that we didn't see them do last year and we're, we're having trouble adjusting on the fly. Uh, hopefully it's something that, you know, Pagano and company can, can get under wraps in the, uh, in the, uh, in the interim period here. Um, but it's like we're giving up third downs. On one drive, we gave up a third and 10 and a third and 17. So that is very uncharacteristic of this defense. Uh, we just let the uh, Lions run the two-minute drill and, and uh, you know, 
drive it down the field for a touchdown to go up 13-6 to uh, right before the half. And, you know, so it's like neither, neither side of the ball is clicking right now. We can, we can run the ball, but put the ball in Mitch's hands, and it's a crapshoot at best. You know, he's missed wide-open receivers. He's throwing the football all over the place. It's just – it's more of the same. He looks exactly the same as he did a year ago when the, when the game is real, when the pressure is on. The game is just too fast for him. It's too fast. He's I, – I, I want him out. I want him out. I want to see what Foles uh, can do. I know that's probably not going to happen, but I'm already done. I am already done. He looks exactly the same as last year. The Lions, and the worst of it is the Lions start with the football to kick off the second half. We're down a touchdown, 13-6. to So hopefully Pagano and company can, uh, can make some adjustments to uh, correct what was going wrong in the uh, first half and get that Lions offense under wraps and uh, get the ball into the hands of our offense so we can figure it out and try to put some points on the board, narrow the gap and uh, try to get a W here week one. Real quick, before we get back to the show, I want to thank our sponsors at Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to go to a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. Black is east and north is white. I mean, you never know what is going on these days but one thing you can control and that is shaving your bush our sponsors at manscaped are here to remind you uh to do so because you don't want to just have a bunch it's it's 2020 we're not it's not 70s porn you, you got to trim the, the twig and berries boys the manscaped lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you confidence boost through body image their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down below. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail set, nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 Nail Kit also allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. And you got to love this, you know, taking the, the, the way that these guys take advantage of you know, podcasting not being governed by the FCC and think because you would never see this on a TV commercial, especially with the language of anti-chafing ball deodorant, summer swamp ass. You never see any of that stuff. Uh, anyway, you'll also see the crop reviver case in point, a testy toner like having cologne that is designed for your balls. You'd never see that 
at 7 o'clock on NBC. That's for damn sure. But we won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. And I've said over and over, I will judge you. So don't do it. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horn by shaving that front trunk. And just like that, let's get back to the show and the disappointment that was the first three quarters of this goddamn football game. (laughs) Was it all Mitch's fault there in the second quarter? Was it all Mitch's fault in the third quarter? No, it wasn't. It wasn't all his fault. There were some guys that dropped some balls, but more times than not, the guy dropped the ball because Mitch didn't put it in the right place. His one and only target to Ted Ginn was a third down play that would have been a huge play for the Bears, because Ted Ginn had the inside step. He was cutting across the middle of the field. He was in front of his receiver, and Ted Ginn, even in his advanced age, well into his 30s at this point, still one of the faster guys in the league, had a step on his man, and there wasn't really much of anything in front of him. If Mitch puts that ball in front of him and he can catch the ball in stride, there's no telling what could have happened on that play. But instead, Mitch threw it three feet behind him, and, you know, Ted Ginn had to try to torque his body to try to turn back for the football, and it was not to be. And unfortunately, that was the only shot Ted Ginn got at catching a pass uh, yesterday. But early on in the football game, similar situation with Anthony Miller. Um, There was one play. Actually, I think it happened later in the third quarter. But um, there was a play where where on, and everybody knows exactly what play I'm talking about. Allen Robinson made this unreal play diving catch where he caught the ball literally with his hands he had to outstretch and catch the ball with his hands and he held on to it as he went to the ground a completely unnecessary play because go back and look at that clip and the it was a perfectly designed or you know called in the right situation against the right defense and Mitch making the wrong decision once again looks down in and instead of seeing Jimmy Graham, who was so wide open, it was ridiculous. There was at least a 10-yard radius, I mean completely around him, at least 10 yards in every single direction on the field where no one was around him. I mean, even if Mitch wants to moonball it and and Graham's got to wait for the ball to get there, he's still going to have plenty of time to catch the ball and get some yards after the catch before the first defender can get there. That's how wide open he was. And instead, he throws it into essentially triple coverage, and Allen Robinson has to make a miraculous Allen Robinson catch to make it play. Now, it ended up working out for us, but it's not the play that should have happened. I would go so far as to say... If Mitch delivers that throw to Jimmy Graham, we get more yards from Jimmy Graham than we got in that that huge play that Allen Robinson made. Hell, he may have been able to score uh, a touchdown because it just seemed like. Well, I mean, there were three guys around Allen Robinson, so that doesn't leave much for you know as far as in the way of numbers. And Jimmy Graham was so wide open, it was ridiculous. He doesn't look that way. Instead, he gets lasered in on somebody, and boom, there he goes off to. Off to Allen Robinson, who has to make a all-pro catch to uh, to straighten out what Mitch did. So, but that was the kind of thing that was happening. I think I talked more about this in the third quarter. Uh, knee-jerk reaction, and I just I'm so frustrated with it. And it's not so much that he was that bad 
on Sunday, and he was horrible. He was bad uh, on Sunday. And there's only so much leniency that you can give for the situation that I talked about in the last segment where no preseason, you know, all of it was practice play, not, of it, not all of it live, blah, 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 blah. Fine. That's the same setup everybody else had, so we're basically on equal footing uh, with everyone else. Some guys, it takes them a while to get their rhythm into game action and so on and so forth, and I'm hoping, I am hoping that's what happened yesterday. It just took Mitch the th- <laughs> most of the game to get settled in and get ready to go. I hope going forward against the Giants that we see fourth quarter Mitch on a much more consistent basis than what we saw if he comes out against the Giants looking the way he did in the first three quarters against Detroit I will drive to Soldier Field and take him out myself I just I I can't do it Uh, and you know we as Bear fans are just not going to be patient with it this year we're just not well it's it's just not going to happen I I mean Nagy doesn't have to listen to us but he's definitely going to have to hear us because it's it's going to be out there through the media, through uh, you know the fans and, and all that kind of stuff, we are going to let Nagy know that we're we don't we won't tolerate Mitch being out there if he's going to be that Mitch week in and and, and week out. And if, you know, two quarters in, I'm already done. As I I just I'm I'm seeing this. I'm getting flashbacks of 2019 where you know he can't. He's afraid of his own shadow. He can't quite figure it out. Uh, you know, and things like that. It, it just I don't, I don't want to watch it again. I really, really don't. 2019 was hard enough, and 2020 has been super hard even before football started. And the last thing that I want to do, <laughs> I think it was uh, that one guy, um, Scooter Magruder or whatever on, on YouTube, the Cowboys fan who makes those funny reaction uh, videos, he said, um, you know, ba- basically the Cowboys weren't good in 2019 either. He's like, I can, I can do, uh, you know, uh, I can do 2019 or I can do a pandemic. I can't do both. And that's exactly how I feel. You know, we had 2019 last year. We got the 2019. We got 2020. Now we got COVID in 2020. I can't do COVID and 2019 again uh, in the same year. I can't do it. I can't. So hopefully Mitch has uh, got his head sh- screwed on straight and, um, you know, he's seeing things better and, you know, he'll take this week of, of review and he'll, he'll, you know, really dive into what went wrong in those first three quarters and we can, you know, come correct it. And I don't want him to be, you know, he doesn't need to be near perfect like he was in the fourth quarter. He just needs to be consistent because even guys like Breeze and Brady and Roethlisberger and, you know, Russell Wilson, all those guys, those elite quarterbacks making the insane money, they miss throws. You know, they overthrow targets and things like that. They're not perfect, but they're consistent. You know, uh, over my shoulder, I'm watching the, uh, the, the Packers and the Vikings, and Aaron Rodgers torched the Vikings yesterday. He really did. He tore them to pieces, making unbelievable throws and, and, and things like that. I don't need Mitch to be um, Aaron Rodgers. The Bears don't need Mitch to be Aaron Rodgers. It'd be nice if he was, but that's not what we need from him we just need him not to be mitch all the time you know you can have the occasional brain fart you're not going to be perfect and on target with every single throw but you got to make more than you miss and he misses way more than he makes when it comes to those situ when it comes to the to throwing the football 
you know, and the, 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 the accuracy and the footwork that Nagy talked about, we didn't see it for the first three quarters. We did not see it. So, uh, you know, at halftime, I was done. At halftime, I was done. Take him out, put Foles in. We know how this is going to go if we keep going this way. And in the third quarter, I was right again. And I was even more upset at the end of the third quarter than I was after the second because the Lions put up a 17-point lead. Not only did they score at the end of the fir- at the end of the first half, they scored first thing in the second half and added another field goal later on to make it a 17-point ball game against the football team that didn't look that basically just looked allergic to the end zone going into the uh, into the fourth quarter. Knee jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears and Lions, and this thing has gotten away uh, from the Bears. Not only did the Lions score right before the half. They took the opening drive of the second half down the field for a touchdown. The, the defense cannot generate a pass rush. Uh, Stafford is sitting back there just picking the defense apart. You know, you can't sit in a zone defense if you can't get a pass rush. And Mack and company simply are not getting there. They're just not getting there. You know, they're always a step or two too late. And Stafford has just enough time to get rid of the football find a wide open receiver, keep moving the ball down the field. Uh, our offense, on the other hand, it's a mixed bag, and, the, and the, the, the mix is bad. You know, we look good running the football. We really do. You know, I, I, so far I'm sold on, on the difference that Juan Castillo can make because it's the same guys that we had out there last year. And, uh, you know, it's like well, Castillo polished the turd that was our run offense. And... Uh, we're getting some things done in the running game. The problem is when we put the ball in Mitch's hands, you know, it, it, the ball's all over the place. He just missed a wide-open Demetrius Harris in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. He could not have been more open, and Mitch sails it over his goddamn head over and over and over again. And then the whole thing with his decisiveness. He either can't make up his mind where he wants to go with the football, hangs on to it too long, or he makes up his mind too quick. He just did it to Tariq Cohen on third and four before the play had a chance to develop. Boom, he's hitting Tariq out of the backfield, nearly throws it over his head, and, and you know, Cohen was able to get uh, three yards on third and four, so it's fourth and one right now, and we're inside the red zone. So I'm interested to see what Nagy's going to do here. Is he going to go for it because we're down 17 points, or is he going to take the field goal and, uh, you know, try to get the have the defense get us the football back we'll see but this game is if if we the game has already gotten away from us now it's up to the to the now it's just up to these guys to to go and get it back so from what i'm seeing on either side of the ball i don't think we're going to pull it off forgive me for my lack of faith guys but can you blame me you know after watching what we had to suffer through in 2019 only to watch it playing itself out again at the beginning uh, of 2020. It was just, uh, you know, same same book, new chapter is, is all it was. And, and, and I just, I wasn't, I'm, and I'm interested in watching that again. I'm really not. Uh, after the year that, that, that I've had personally, I just, I, I don't want to do this anymore, honestly. I, and I mean, watch this football team. It's, it's not, it's a, it's not so much the losing it's how they're losing it's the way that they're losing it just you know i I don't want to do that again i really don't want to watch them be epically bad in a million different ways 
throughout the season like they were last year. I, I can't handle it. I, 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 don't, I just don't have it in me to do it another season. But, um, you know, but there I was talking about Mitch again because he was bad. He was terrible. The, the touchdown, it was a touchdown from the snap of the football to Demetrius Harris, the last person in the world that you would think we'd be looking for in that situation because he's our number three. He's more of a blocker than anything else. But there he was, wide open in the corner of the, uh, in the end zone, and Mitch over, sails it over his head by about three yards. Just He never had a chance to catch the football, never had a chance. Diving for it would have just made him look silly, you know, and um, the thing with with uh, with the throw to Tariq Cohen. Now, Tariq is four foot seven, so throwing it over his head isn't that hard to do. But, you know, for him to make that decision, the snap decision right away before anyone else has had a chance to come out of their break and, you know, just because it was one of those situations again, one of those things that drove me nuts last year. You guys heard me talk about it over and over again was. Here we are in third and something, and we're still running routes short of the sticks and asking our receivers to catch the ball and then, you know, get a first down. You know, we're, we're asking them, uh, you know, and basically the defense is just going to put a wall at the, at the, at the, at the line to gain and t- attack anything that gets in front of it. Well, here we are giving them perfect opportunity to make a play. Uh, on us and Tariq God bless him was able to get three on third and four but it's a play that never should have happened you know and it happened so fast we didn't have a chance to see who else might be open if any of the routes were past the first down marker or anything like that because he got it into his head right away that that's what was going to happen even before he snapped the ball I'm sure that's where he was going with it he was going to Tariq uh, out there uh, in the flats and uh, you know maybe that's what the defense was giving him as far as the look uh, was concerned but it didn't work out because fast and shifty as Tariq Cohen can be uh, he wasn't able to beat his defender to the point to get the first down and we had a fourth and one decision to make at the start of the fourth quarter another situation where I felt disappointed in Nagy as a as a play caller because instead of giving it to um uh, David Montgomery, who uh, averaged nearly five yards a carry yesterday. And this wasn't uh, misleading in the way that uh, some of the days he had as a bear runner last year might have been, where one big run helped boost the average of the rest of his carries. His long run for the day yesterday, I, was, I think, was like maybe 12 yards, if that. And he had 64 yards uh, on the day. So... Uh, it wasn't like he had some big 35-yard run and then the rest of them were a bunch of two-yard and a cloud of dust deal. Yeah, his long run was 10 yards yesterday. He had 64 yards on 13 carries, so just under five yards a carry yesterday. And in fourth and one, we decide to we decide to have an unbalanced line, and the unbalanced was on the weak side of the of the four of the field on the short side. So we pitch it out to the weak side where there's little to no protection. Little to no blocking uh, for for Patterson. So the numbers game, we're already losing it, and we need Patterson to. And, and it's Cordell Patterson. It's not David Montgomery running a dive uh, up the middle. It's Nagy trying to be cute. He's trying to trick the defense uh, again, as opposed to putting in our best running back and running the football down their throats like we had been for the for the whole game. The the running game was the one thing I wasn't disappointed in yesterday you heard me say Juan Castillo polished the turd that was our running offense I mean there we didn't have one last year 
It was one of the big things that hampered the Bears all season long. And, you know, we were we ran the ball very well yesterday. 150 yards as a team uh, yesterday. And, and everyone who ran the football multiple times had fantastic averages. I mean, speaking of Cordell Patterson, he averaged 4.8 yards a carry on four carries yesterday. Tariq Cohen, seven carries, 41 yards. So nearly six yards a carry for Tariq. And David Montgomery, six, the 64 yards on 13 carries, so just under five yards uh, a carry yesterday. So it's not like we had, you know, 25 carries for 47 yards or anything like that. He actually was out there, you know, getting yards. And his run, he was making first contact on their side of the line of scrimmage. We didn't see that much, if at all, last year. And here we are on fourth and one in a fourth quarter situation. This is what we do. So... I was disappointed uh, in that. But the third quarter, I also mentioned we had no pass rush, none whatsoever. Now, I don't know if our defense isn't up to game shape yet because they also had no preseason. They have, you know, basically been encouraged to pull up in, in practice. We're not, you know, we're having some contact. We're bumping around, but it's not full go. You know what I mean? That that's that was that what they faced more times than not in the in the truncated training camp and, and things like that. Uh, so it, it was um, discouraging to see their pass rushing uh, abilities or lack thereof uh, in the, uh, you know, through the first three quarters uh, of the game because Stafford was picking us apart. He was, uh, his offensive line was doing a good job uh, keeping him clean. He had time to find receivers downfield. And, um, you know, Danny Trevathan had a terrible game. You, you guys heard the Bear, Up, Bear Down uh, show yesterday. Uh, he is an absolute liability in pass coverage. I mean, he was yesterday. That really hasn't been his mo in the past. Uh, all of us, I don't know if he just got old overnight in this past off season. Now that he's on the north side of uh, of uh, of thirty, but uh, it just seemed like any time that the uh, the Lions had a crossing route, whether it was uh, you know Hawkinson or, or anyone else that was coming across the middle, it always seemed like Danny Trevathan was trailing in coverage behind the guy who caught the football. I mean, especially on the on the two drives that they scored uh, back to back there, the end of the first half and start of the second, uh, was a lot of you know seeing the back of Trevathan's jersey chase after the guy who just caught the ball, uh, and and the Lions were taking full advantage of that. I don't know what changed in the fourth quarter because it really wasn't an issue uh, for the Bears in the fourth quarter. We'll get to that in a minute, but uh, Trevathan wasn't good, and our lack of pass rush wasn't helping him. You know, he, he you know for someone who was having trouble in. In coverage, you hope your your pass rush can get there and save you from having to, to, to cover this guy that's obviously faster than you. And um, you know the pass rush just wasn't get there. We're always late getting uh, to the uh, to the quarterback. So you know, so the defense was culpable in the score being twenty three to six at that at that juncture in the game going into the uh, fourth quarter. And like I said, could you blame me for feeling the way that I felt? Going into the fourth quarter, nothing that we'd seen the Bears do all day said that what was coming in the fourth quarter was possible. It just, even the fact that we were playing the Lions, who had given up 10 fourth quarter leads coming into this uh, situation under Matt Patricia, you know, would have led you to believe that that's what we were going to have today. You, you just didn't see it. And But once the fourth quarter started, things finally turned. I don't know what uh, what was going on different. Uh, for Mitch, uh, what he was seeing that he wasn't seeing before, what he was doing that he wasn't doing before, because even though I complained about the pass blocking on the Bear Up, Bear Down uh, show, 
it was actually better. Uh, you know, I had a chance to go back and look at the um, the highlight package that the NFL puts out. They they post a, basically a, a highlight uh, reel of uh, of the game and and you know in in chronological order. And a lot of the times, you know, yeah, Mitch was under pressure. He was running from guys, and Mitch does move so well in the pocket. It's just that he leaves he for, leaves his brain wherever, you know, he starts thinking in those situations, which is pro- which is the problem. Instead of reading and reacting and, you know, making a play, he starts thinking about what he needs to do, and he sits back there too long. He hangs on to the football, and instead of just tucking the ball in and taking off running, He's trying to look for something downfield. Um, and we saw that happen a few times yesterday. And, you know, I also said he makes, you know, the thing with Tariq Cohen, making the decision before he even snapped the ball. He knew he was going to Cohen. It's obvious. So, um, you know, he moves around in the pocket so well, and the offensive line actually did a better job of pass blocking than I initially thought. So, um, you know, I, I, it, it could have been better, but it was better than I said it was. That's for sure. Um, but, you know, it just – it was frustrating to – frustrating to watch and, and nothing that they did in those first three quarters led you to believe that what was coming was even remotely possible. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Lions, and if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. The stat line is 8 for 10, 89 yards and three touchdowns from Trubisky who I would have been happy to throw off the edge of a cliff after the first three quarters of this game. So I, I'm not going to get too busy slapping Mitch on the back because he was terrible for the first three quarters, but he really did step it up in the fourth quarter. The defense held on, generated a turnover to get the game-winning touchdown, a dime of a throw. Mitch saved his best throw for last today, a dime of a throw to Anthony Miller to put the Bears up 27-23 to with about a buck 54 to go uh, in the game. And, uh, you know, the Lions made it interesting. They actually won the game and lost it when Devontae Swift caught and dropped the game-winning touchdown pass with six seconds to go. Then the Bears held firm on the final play. And that's it. We're 1-0. and First three quarters, I like I said, I I, I thought we were done. Twenty three to six, with seventeen unanswered points from the Lions. We looked demoralized out there. Mitch looked terrible, and then the fourth quarter happened, and uh, you know the Lions gave us a gift, and uh, they were the gift that kept on giving there in the fourth quarter, and the bow was Devontae Swift dropping the touchdown pass that would have won the Lions the game. So the, this one's gonna sting for Detroit. Uh, the Bears should feel good about making a comeback, but they should also feel like they got a lot of work to do to get ready for the Giants next weekend. Okay, first things first, it's DeAndre Swift. I don't know where I got Devontae from, but uh, that was wrong. DeAndre Smith was the, uh, the poor kid who uh, had the game-winning touchdown in his hands and dropped it. I mean, the, the, that's the ball game. He catches the football, both feet are down as he's turning around the ball. I mean, he never had control of the football. Basically, as he's turning around to go to the ground, the ball slips out. It just falls right out uh, from under him. And just like that, the, you know, they miss their shot and there's six seconds left. Time for one more play. The Bears hold firm uh, there on the final play, and that's it. We win. Uh, Got to love this Bears-Lions rivalry, man. Throw the record books out. They always seem to put together... Uh, games like this that's why it's my favorite 
NFC North rivalry. Not because we always beat the Lions, but because we always have a shot. You know, we're always kind of in the game. It has been a very long time since the Lions have come out and just absolutely laid waste to us. We always have a chance. It's always a competitive and fun football game uh, to watch. So even in the annoying Tressman years where I think they swept us like five times in a row or five games in a row or something like that when, when Tressman was the, the coach and into the Fox era and everything, when we didn't have good football teams to begin with, it was still fun to watch us play the, uh, the Lions and give them help. Uh, and then, you know, we go a week later and get smoked by Rodgers and the uh, and the Packers. But, um, yeah, so get the poor kid's name right. It was DeAndre uh, Swift, fantastic running back out of the University of Georgia. Scored a touchdown earlier uh, in the game. I think he ran in the touchdown that made it 13-6 to just before the half. So um, hopefully this will be something that doesn't haunt him throughout his entire career and he can bounce back and uh you know hopefully he has the amnesia that football players need to have in order to you know stay sane uh in this world that we live in and um you know hopefully he can bounce back but uh thank god he had butterfingers on that one play or else we'd uh we'd be having a very different conversation right now uh you know it wouldn't be a miraculous fourth quarter it would be a wasted comeback because the defense it would it really would to have changed the uh the narrative uh of the game because Mitch came back despite how crappy he was in the first three quarters. Mitch got the team back in a position, he got us the lead and the defense let us down. That would have been the narrative. It would have taken uh it would have taken some shine off of Mitch's comeback, but it also would have made him more of a I think it would have made him even more of a hero than he was in a winning effort. Because with a winning effort, it becomes another one of those yeah, but situations. Like, yeah, three touchdowns, no picks. But for the first three quarters, he was the worst player on the field. And we know that going forward, we're not going to be playing the Lions in the fourth quarter until, you know, for another nine weeks or however long it is before we see the Lions again. So, you know, every other team in the league would probably jump all over the opportunity to protect a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter if they got one uh, on the Bears. You know, they would do something to, to, you know, to defend against that a lot better than the Lions were capable of yesterday. So we're not going to get a fourth-quarter gift like that week in and week out. So Mitch has to be better in all four quarters, not just the fourth quarter. So, you know, kudos to Mitch for stepping it up. And you guys heard in the knee-jerk reaction show, Mitch from the first through third quarters I was ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater uh on that one but in you know fourth quarter Mitch got to bear up because why wouldn't he eight for 10 89 yards three touchdowns no picks a near perfect quarterback rating and he had a 20 yard rush in there at one point that set up one of the other touchdowns so I mean fourth quarter he was brilliant he was brilliant I'll just go ahead and say it but you know first quarter through the third quarter that's not the guy that we want out there that's not the guy that we need out there. And I was talking before about the other quarterbacks being uh, consistent, uh, and that's what makes them great. And they have their bad days. I mean, hell, Brady had a worse day than Mitch did yesterday. Two touchdowns and two picks. One was a pick six uh, against the uh, the Saints. They end up losing Brady's Buccaneer debut uh, yesterday. So, I mean, Mitch had a better day statistically than, than Brady did, and he walked away with a win. 
but you know next week Brady will you know right the wrong and he'll come out and he'll be better and and things like that because he's Tom Brady same thing if if Drew Brees has one of those days yeah he threw two touchdowns but he also threw three picks I should know when I did play fantasy football like because I was an idiot back then uh Drew Brees was my quarterback and you know Drew Brees in my keeper league you know would throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns but he would always cut down on his point total because he you lose points when you throw interceptions and Brees was always good for one or two so you know it's it's the it's the being right more than you're wrong and Mitch is wrong way more than he was right until he got to the fourth quarter and then it just seemed like it was all coming up Mitch uh in the fourth quarter and as far as the defense is concerned um you know like I said they almost let us down there in the fourth quarter and essentially they did if not for the rookie making a rookie mistake at the end of his first football game uh the defense lets the the team down after you know getting the lead back and and winning the football game but you know in the fourth quarter they were getting stops they were getting us the football back uh had a key sack in a situation for Akeem Hicks uh you know the one sack in the game came at the absolute perfect uh time Stafford wasn't able to get away from uh, Akeem on that one play and then like I said it wasn't so much that you know the Lions just absolutely laid a big turd in the fourth quarter uh, on either side of the ball well maybe so much maybe on the defensive side but offensively the Lions didn't really make mistakes uh, that cost them the game it's like I said Stafford made one mistake trying to squeeze the ball into a tight window and Jalen Johnson made the play that turned into the interception for Kyle Fuller so you know did the Bears win it did the Lions lose it yes the Bears came back and won it and yes the Lions lost the game especially since they had a shot there uh at the end and the poor kid dropped the ball he they lost the game on that play so um it does kind of go both ways uh in this particular uh situation so uh what was our darkest hour becomes the you know the whole darkest before the dawn uh type thing and it got pretty dark there at the end of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter the sun comes up and you know shine its glory on the bears and the next thing you know we go from an embarrassing 23 to 6 loss to start off the year to a 27-23 comeback victory that hopefully is the springboard into this team playing better as we go forward so uh, I don't know what to expect week two. Like I said earlier, I'm just grateful that we're playing an inferior football team uh, in the Giants next Sunday. Um, I do kind of worry about our run defense against Saquon Barkley, who is a younger, bigger, stronger version of Adrian Peterson. Um, you know, if he can gash us up the middle, we'll be watching the back of his heels as he's running into the end zone. Uh, next week so whatever we have to do to shore up the middle of the field so we don't get gashed in the running game like we did yesterday that's needs to be our primary focus and even if that means bringing in a guy like uh, snacks harrison the former uh the former lion there to uh to plug up the middle because we sure as hell miss eddie goldman yesterday we really did like i know that we all had our feelings about that and you know it sucks that he wasn't going to be there uh, on the team uh this year but that move we knew it wasn't going to be good but there was an, an enormous void in the middle of the field yesterday uh and its name was eddie goldman so i mean we really could have used him uh clogging up that middle yesterday 
Uh, you know, maybe the Lions would have still had a few moments running the football. I don't think that Adrian Peterson would have run for nearly 100 ar- yards on us yesterday if Eddie Goldman was out there uh, clogging up the middle of the field. So hopefully we'll also see Robert Quinn uh, against the Giants to help kind of shore up that uh, that pass rush. Chuck Pagano's got his work cut out for him because his defense did not play well uh, yesterday. You know, I think um, let me see if I can pull up the stats uh, real quick. Team stats for the Lions, 426 yards of offense yesterday. That is very uncharacteristic of the way that our guys play defense, giving up 23 points. Also fairly uncharacteristic uh, of our defense, who was the like number three, number four scoring defense a year ago, the only one not to make the playoffs uh, in, in 2019. So, you know, but they did get a sack when they needed it. They got a turnover when we needed it. And uh, in the end, they made the play on the final play of the game to uh, secure uh, our victory. So, But a lot of work needs to be done on that defensive side. Hopefully it was just some, uh, some ring rust and uh, getting used to a uh, you know, real battle situation uh, again. And uh, our guys will be you know, better prepared for battle this coming Sunday uh, against the Giants. And, and maybe we'll, we'll slowly but surely see the defense improve as we go along and as these guys get used to playing football for real uh, again. So that's, uh, that is my hope for, uh, for week two. And um, just a quick recap and, and, and taking a look at our, uh, like our stats. And yeah, the other thing that was really sticking out there, I think it was either late third quarter, early fourth, fourth quarter, before we converted our first third down uh situation the lions were six of 16 yesterday just under 500 or just under 500 on that one we were two of 11 on third down yesterday told a lot about why we weren't being successful um 149 yards rushing an outstanding total for us especially considering what we had last year uh mitch and uh company 2905 in the um time of possession battle so basically even uh, with the uh, with the Lions, not a lot of penalties. Only six uh, on the game. Like I said, that one against Kyle Fuller was bogus. That he, I don't care. I mean, uh, I didn't have the um, sound in the in the restaurant. Uh, that's not the the game that was being piped in as far as the audio was concerned. So I don't know if it was unsportsmanlike conduct or if they called it defenseless receiver. All I know is that it was horseshit. That's what it was. Uh, that should not have been a flag against uh, Kyle Fuller. And um, it, it extended the drive, gave him 15 yards and, and all that nonsense, and that was not good. And then, uh, you know, like I said, Mitch, 20 of 36, 242, three touchdowns, no picks, 104 quarterback rating. We talked about our our running backs, nearly five yards for Montgomery, nearly six for Cohen. And, uh, you know, Trubisky also had 26 yards on the ground. Patterson, 19 yards on four carries for a nearly five-yard average uh, for him. Uh, Anthony Miller leading the team in receiving yards with 76. Allen Robinson leading in catches, five for 74. Jimmy Graham, three catches on seven targets, though. That was the problem. Uh, Darnell Mooney, our fifth-round pick, three catches, 38 yards. Looked really good in his limited duty. Uh, yesterday as well. Uh, Cole Komet, that was one of my sore spots in the game yesterday. 
nothing that he did essentially but again another bad decision another what the hell are you doing throw uh from mitch and i think it was in the third quarter maybe in the i think it was in the second actually um i think it was the play that like we missed that play so we settled for the second field goal uh thing but um mitch broke the pocket he's running and from what i can see cole Komet is running with him and he's open he is open he's basically running parallel to mitch and i don't know what made him think of he threw it backwards like i guess he thought that maybe from the way that mitch threw it i'm thinking he was thinking that cole Komet was going to cut back inside instead of leading him into because it would have been a touchdown if he throws the ball to cole Komet, he walks into the end zone because Komet was on like the three yard line he's running with mitch Mitch, number one, throws it 90 miles an hour, throws it behind Komet, and, you know, what could have been a touchdown or at least, you know, get us inside the five-yard line. You probably would have tackled maybe at the one or something like that. Base case scenario for Detroit, it ends up being a bad play. We have to settle for a field goal. That was Cole Komet's sole target yesterday. So Cole Komet and Ted Ginn both coming up empty on catches but uh, not necessarily being their fault. Uh, same thing for Demetrius Harris. He was wide open in the corner of the end zone. If Mitch throws the ball that he's supposed to, the way that he's supposed to, it's a touchdown. So, uh, and actually, now that I'm looking at this, all three of these guys potentially could have had touchdowns. The Ted Ginn throw on third down could have been a big play because I didn't see much of anything in front of him. If he catches that football, if Mitch hits him in stride, I think it could have been a touchdown. With his speed and, and running ability, maybe it could have been a touchdown at the very least. It would have been a big play that got us deep in the red zone. Um, you know, Demetrius Harris, that was a touchdown from the snap of the football. He's open for a touchdown. Mitch sails it over his head. And then Cole Komet, it was more of a, uh, you know, uh, you know, schoolyard play where, every, you know, broke the pocket, so every man for himself kind of thing. I don't know what made Mitch think that Komet was going to break to the inside. He should have just let, let the kid run with him and lead him he would have run the ball right into the end zone for the touchdown. So those three misses could have been three big touchdowns or three big plays uh, for the Bears, and that's kind of what my beef with Mitch was yesterday. So many missed opportunities because of the things that he did wrong. And I'm, I know that you, you know, Mitch defenders, you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks, but I'm not worried about a lot of quarterbacks. I'm worried about my quarterback, and this guy is being the quarterback of my team when a lot of us, a lot of us feel like there's a better option on the bench. So, you know, as long as he keeps making plays like that, you're going to keep hearing people uh, like me and many, many other Bear fans screaming for Foles to get his shot. Uh, we're going to be screaming for there to be a much, to, for, number one, for there to be a leash, because apparently there wasn't one yesterday, but for there to be a leash on uh, Mitch that gets yanked in short order if he comes out playing the way that he did uh, in the first three quarters yesterday. So, but despite it all, guys, we won ourselves a football game. As I stated at the top of the uh, top of the show, first time since 2013, year one of the Mark Tressman era, the Bears start off the year one and zero. Oh. So here we go. We got the Giants on Sunday. And um, looking forward to seeing what the second game looks like as opposed uh, to the first. 
So because we kind of got a taste for what to look for, um, hoping that we're going to see good things out of the running game again and that, uh, you know, Mitch has settled down and we'll get things going uh, with the passing game because when Mitch was clicking, the offense looked really good. And hopefully the defense can uh, take advantage of uh, of that offensive line that the Giants had because the Steelers got quite a few hits in on Daniel Jones today. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, come back on Thursday. Tomorrow is my off day on Wednesday. Come back on Thursday. Uh, right now the the it's uh, Ryan Dunleavy uh, that I'm expecting to have on the show. Hopefully. Uh, he will be able to come on as like he's agreed to come on, but we haven't settled on a time yet. So that kind of makes me nervous. I don't know what it is about the Giants and all the times we've had Giants on the schedule. I've always had difficulty finding a guest for the Giants. Like we've had Ryan Levin, Dunleavy before, but I couldn't get in touch with him last year. So I had to find a new guest. And that's happened several times when we played the Giants. I've had more trouble getting guests for the Giants than any other team uh that i've had uh on the on the show so hopefully we'll get it straightened out with uh, ryan dunleavy if we don't have him on i don't know what i'm gonna do so uh keep your eyes peeled on the uh social media at btu underscore larry on uh twitter and the facebook page just go to bears talk underground on facebook and i'll keep you posted on uh whether or not there will be a part one to the preview uh with the conversation or if we'll just do the uh preview uh, on Friday without a guest this week. So anyway, I think that's going to do it for us, guys. And uh, looking, I'm, I'm enjoying this uh, so far. We got ourselves a victory. So uh, despite all the ugliness in the first three quarters, we are happy Bear fans, and it's a victory week. Uh, positive. It's club dub celebration and all that uh, going into week two uh, against the Giants. And hopefully we'll be back on Thursday with Ryan Dunleavy. Uh, a beat writer for the New York Giants to help us preview uh, week number two, talk about their loss to the Steelers and what to expect uh, going forward. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.